5-8 Troops, Kelly's Army, how are we? Today we have a special guest. He is the founder of Between Two Worlds. He's a one-time award-winning festival director for a small film festival, a board director for the Newcastle... 5-8 Troops, Kelly's Army, how are we? Today we have a special guest by... uh, 5-8 Troops, Kelly's Army, how are we? Today, we have the owner of Between Two Worlds. He's a one-time award-winning film director for a small film festival. Uh, 5-8 Troops, Kelly's Army, how are we? Today, we have a special guest. He's the founder of Between Two Worlds. He's an award-winning festival director for a small film festival. He's the current board. He's uh, go fuck yourself. Five Eight Troops, Kelly's Army. How are we? We got a spooky one this time. Yes, it is a Halloween bonus episode. And we have a special guest. Today's special guest is the founder of Between Two Worlds. He's a one-time award-winning festival director for a small film festival. He's the current board member for the Newcastle Fringe Festival. He's a filmmaker and is the creator of a horror podcast, The Sephiric Secrets. His passion is all things film and filmmaking, including his latest film, Clickbait. His aspiration is to crowdfund his feature film, The Candidacy, for production next year. You can follow him at the Sephiric Secrets IG, which is at between two worlds the number one at the end this was a really fun episode and i hope you guys enjoy oh here we go we have a halloween special for the listeners today as you can see if you are in the visuals you will see the complete set redesign we have RIP Cemetery across the middle, and this this has all been for you, mate. One of the hardest guests to get on, and he is finally here, and he is here when the set is completely redesigned. I'm terrified. Look at this. It's incredible, man. A lot of effort. Okay, it's, it's what we do, mate. For our guests, anything. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I love. Oh yeah, I've been. I was saying before. I love Halloween. I've started to like. The more I get older, for some reason you're start. You're supposed to hate things. The more I get older, the more I start liking Halloweens and Halloween parties and dress up parties and like when I was younger, I'll, I'll be like, uh, dress up party. Like, what? A, I gotta go do that. Now I'm like. Who's got a dress-up party? Like, yeah, where can real, we yeah. go? Where can <laughs> we go? I like the shirt. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I actually um, I stomped a dog to death on the way here, and it actually suited the <laughs> Halloween vibe quite well. Just uh, coincidence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Luckily, it didn't get on my my suit at all, which is good. But um, yeah, I thought you know I may as well stay in these these bloody clothes for this episode. I like it. Did, did the dog go? Arr, 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 arr. 
It sure did. Uh, <laughs> seven or eight times, actually. I think. What kind there of dog was it? Uh, it was a little chihuahua, actually. Yeah, yeah. fuck yeah. Yeah, I no. Because it was like a, like a beautiful big pity or something. Oi, yeah, oh, yeah, man, that's exactly. a bit, bit of a waste. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking that if it was like, if you said a golden retriever, I would have felt, <laughs> I would have felt bad. But because you said chihuahua, I'm like, yeah, I'd kill uh, that dog yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Doing the <laughs> literally work. done the world a service. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, mate, what has been happening with you? Break it down for us a little bit okay because you're a busy man as 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 the listeners know from from the introduction and also we're going to get into a lot of things we're going to give a snippet of the latest episode and we um also just did a little film together which we can also get into a little later in the episode as well but yeah mate you're a busy man what's been happening mate talk to us yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's been pretty good. Uh, so as you mentioned, uh, we just finished shooting a short found footage horror film, which my main here, man here was um, producer for, and we've actually got our other producer behind the camera, behind the scenes as well. The main man, Lucas Stanton. Description, he's in the description as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but it was a hard slog. We, um, we just put together this like little film, uh, did the rehearsals over three days, and then shot it in three days. Um, over a weekend, it was insane. Actually, uh, we were pulling like twelve-hour days, but yeah, I can't believe we managed to do it. Like we thought we were going to do it in in two weeks, and we we're like, you know what? Why don't we just not sleep and destroy ourselves on a cellular level and do it? And it, I actually couldn't believe like how good it went. Yeah, yeah, it was incredible. Um, like clockwork. I mean, obviously. Got to thank my boys for that, you know. Very good job, guys. But, I mean, there were so many moving parts. You know, we had actors we had to fill. Um, you and uh, Riley had to uh, put plastic <laughs> sheeting inside a bathroom and then fill it up with ice and, like, this foam and everything. It was sick. For those, like, for those of you that has ever watched Dexter and how he kills someone, putting plastic sheet all around um, before he brings in the victim, that's essentially what we did to that bathroom. Plastic sheet all around. And that scene came out spectacular, dude. Yeah. Like, just on the raw footage itself, it looks sick. Yeah. I can't wait for that. It was insane. So we're looking to release it in the next, I think, couple of months maybe. So we're in the editing mm. phase now and just working out distribution. So that was one of the things we did and um, working on a podcast right now, just like a little horror audio drama as well. So releasing the third episode uh, when this episode drops and um, just a couple other things as well. So uh, working uh, as a board member for a fringe festival as well. So that's been pretty cool. We looking into expanding into film next year. So I might be doing a little mini film festival for that as well. Yeah, that'll be sick. That'll yeah. be fucking sick. And yeah, now it's now I guess the rollout will be, yeah, we're going to go into Disney phase. And, um, oy, but honestly, it, like the actors, the crew, the like pushing it all out, it, it was just like, it was, it was, uh, a dream team, to be honest with you. Like, shout outs to everyone that was involved. Did a fucking spectacular job. And I'm glad that I got you for the Halloween episode, my bro. Yeah, fuck yeah. My G. And I, I'm Ooh. so glad you've you've um, started also Sephiric Secrets as well. 
we'll get into a snippet of that in a minute. But yeah, it's just Halloween, bro. It's yeah, just it's good insane. vibes, it's G. Insane. Yeah, yeah. Good vibes. And hey, my guy, you can tell that he is very traditional media because the whole time he was doing that speech, he was looking at the barrel of the camera. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're not here. Like, yeah, like, like hey, speaking come to talk to me, my bro. Yeah, he's like, like, well, actually, it's not Channel Ten over <laughs> here, bro. Uh, like, answering <laughs> questions we didn't ask and shit. Yeah, <laughs> he's fucking pricking a suit, looking down the barrel of a camera. Who's coming here? Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I now that I've got you. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll pay attention to you guys. That is media training oh, 101. I, I know, I know. Sorry, how have you boys been? How, I'll direct some questions over to you guys. There you go. How's oh, mate. Uh, feeling good? We, we had... um. Well, you know, last uh, last episode, we, we had Courtney on. Oh, nice, nice. She, it was amazing to uh, catch up with her across four bands. She's like killing it. And, um, and I got, bro, we got a message from a dude in Tennessee and he, he, uh, it was, I'll, I'll read you the fucking message verbatim. I felt like I was like so incredibly like not shocked but like, well, I was a bit shocked. I was, um, so I, w- I thought he was from Sydney. So I go, are you in Sydney? Because he just hit me up in uh, Instagram. Don't know the dude. Yep, yep. Um, but shout outs to the homie. So he goes, and I'll give you a shout out. His name's Nick69 Mustang. Um, he goes, no, uh, I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. Ha 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 ha. And I, I just, I was like, whoa. And then he goes, you got fans all over the world, homie, 100, 100, 100. And I was like, what? That blew my mind. And then he goes, keep up, keep up the good work, bro. You and Joe Rogan are all I listen to with wow. the rock sign. Nice. What a fucking Woo! peer to be around, bro. Yeah, like, nice, nice. I, I, was, I was just cheers fucking, yeah, 100% cheers to that. Cheers Eww. to that, lads. Oh. Cheers to that. Oh, and yeah. cheers to Halloween as well. Oh, Halloween so and everything. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> he soiled his suit. I, I, soiled, <laughs> his I soiled myself in celebration mani- of our American fans. Yeah, you managed to keep all the dog guts off the bastard. I know, but as soon but as you get a coffee in your hand, it's I just, all I, fucking I just downhill, could baby. I not help myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. Bro, things have been good over here. I've um building up the network as well. 5.8 Digital, 5.8 TV producing some more podcasts that we're going to put on that platform. But yeah, man, just, just working, really working you, you with, with Newcastle, what, like, what do you got to do with, uh, with those board meetings must be like weird to go to for the fringe festival, right? Yeah. 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 So basically, um, it's like, so unfortunately we had the 2020 festival, uh, Cancelled because of COVID. Corona, uh, but it was actually a couple of days before we were going to go ahead dun, with it. Dun, dun. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was a bit of a. It was a bit of a shame considering we were right before the finish line, and then we had the plug pulled. Um, yeah, so there sucks. are there were a lot of people that yeah. were disappointed, and I think um, you know, like it, it sort of plays into like a broader sort of context around just how hard COVID has hit the arts sector. Yeah, that's um, true. So we've been sort of hashtag blessed in the sense that we've gotten a couple of grants to keep us, um, you know, going strong. And we're looking at having quite a big 2021 to sort of make up for having 2020, uh, you know, pulled out from underneath us. Uh, but 
Yeah, no, it's good. I mean, everyone everyone does a lot uh, of work. You know, everyone rolls up their sleeves quite a bit. Um, like some of the people there are so dedicated. Uh, you know, like it, it's really like a you know everyone's sort of picking up the slack in various areas. So I, I I've sort of offered what I can, which is my sort of experience in film. So I'm looking to do like a little film night as part of the festival as well, Man. which would be pretty cool. Um, ideally, we want to get some student films in there as well, uh, which would be pretty cool to connect to the, you know, Newcastle art scene. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it should be pretty cool. Did Newcastle do also, if Fringe does comedy, yeah? Yes, yes. Does Newcastle do stand-up comedy as well? Uh, I think so. I'm not sure about, because I'm obviously based in Sydney, I'm not sure about the Newcastle comedy circuit, but here, I know that there is comedy here, in Newcastle. Here I am trying to make a fucking comedy deal for next year's Fringe Festival. Hey, hey. <laughs> to, to, my, to my fellow board members, I will say this guy is a fucking funny guy. Yeah, tell him, tell him. All hate, facts, no fiction. Absolutely. <laughs> I hate to do a shameless plug, but anyone that's listening, if you guys want to uh, put your art out there, absolutely. It is a fringe, and the whole point of a fringe is that we we give artists the opportunity to put their art out there. So if you guys want to make that pilgrimage to Newcastle, it's a beautiful place, beautiful beaches, put your art out there. It, it's an opportunity to, uh, you know, have a have a stage for your content. Oi, wh- what's uh, you you? What's the f- fascination with um? Because you've got a horror podcast. We just made a horror film. Mm. What's the you, you? Is there a fascination there? Is that a genre you you really enjoy? And maybe why so, my bro? I think it all started when I when I stomped a dog and <laughs> my my shirt got covered twenty minutes ago. Exactly, <laughs> so it's, it's been a lifelong passion of twenty minutes ago. Um, for you know horror. I mean, like I think you know with with a lot of artists that are breaking into the industry, horror is sort of the entrance point for Australia. Absolutely, th- yeah, absolutely. Like, um, there's a really great Australian film called Wormwood, which is like a zombie film, which was made about five years ago, and that got a lot of attention. And I think that horror is a really, to to be blunt, it's a really cheap, effective way to get your vision out there. You know, people mm. are a bit more forgiving when you're making a film, and you know, you've got like, you know, something that's a bit cheesy, but like you've got a real message. Like Sam Raimi, for example, one of my favorite horror films, um, Evil Dead which was made not in a couple of weeks, but over like eight months. The guy had like a full-time job and he was so dedicated that every weekend he would drag himself, his crew and his cast out into the middle of the forest to film his movie. And it became this overnight sensation and it became such a sensation that Margaret Thatcher banned the film. She put it on the video nasty list in the 1980s. That's that's how much of a- Wait, 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 you you got it. Wait, England, you know, like, I, I, I need to do a rewind because I, I don't know all the people <laughs> in film and I'm not as well educated. Who's Margaret Fetcher? She was the Prime Minister of England. Oh, was she the Prime Minister of England? Yeah. What, second to the Queen, man. Second yeah. to the Queen. Yeah, man. And she banned that film, man. Yeah. And she banned that film. Why? Yeah. Why was that film banned? I think, I don't know if it was through her or a government department, but it was under Thatcherite England, basically. It might have been like an independent thing or something, but basically they created this list called the Video Nasty List. And the Video Nasty (laughs) List came about because of the Venables murder. So these two 11-year-olds murdered this three-year-old. And uh, when they were investigating it, 
Um, they were desperately looking for any reason as to why these kids would kill another kid. And they found out, oh, they watched uh, Chucky, uh, Chucky 3, you know, with like the, the murderous yeah, doll. I love that film. Yeah, but you'd yeah. think like, okay, I've just watched Chucky the third. I don't necessarily feel the all-encompassing sort of motivation to go out and kill. But the thing is that people wanted answers. So like, okay, we're going to ban this film and we're going to ban like 50 other films as well because they're obviously poisoning the minds of our youth. Right. So is that when films became banned for the first time? Not necessarily. So yeah. the, the video nasties list was a particularly nasty list of film, but like you've got also the Hayes Code in the 1950s, which was when... Um, there was all these like sweeping regulations in Hollywood where you couldn't have sex on screen, you couldn't have yeah. drugs, you couldn't have homosexuality. And then those laws were kind of pulled back in, I think, around the 1960s when Dennis Hopper started to come onto the scene. And then, you know, coincidentally, when society in the 1980s became a bit more conservative, suddenly you saw the video nasties popping up again as well. Yeah. So, what? yeah, I find that like, you know, you know, economic trends seem to dictate like cultural trends as well. Trends as well. You yeah. Know? Word. A hundred percent. And why, why has it, it's an issue of censorship essentially, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. that's the justification they give. Absolutely. Canceling these films. It's the same. A lot of books have been censored and a lot yeah. of things like uh, over the time have, have been censored very strongly. Is there any more R ratings in Australia or is that completely wiped out? Is it, I think it's only MAs now that um, get a rating in Australia. When's the last R-rated film over here? Well, we've, Do we know that? We've got R-rated films, but it's like R-rated films just don't make money because like you're cutting off so much of the market. Like um, Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ is one of the most successful financially, financially successful R-rated films of all time. And he funded it himself with like $40 million of his own money because no one wanted to back it. Because they're like, you're going to make an R-rated film about Jesus' death where it's just out of a, an hour and a half, like a 70-minute torture film. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not going to give it. Uh, to be fair, I've tried to watch that film six times and I've fell asleep each time. Really? You yeah. fell asleep during I've, it? I haven't <laughs> gone through Passion of the Christ. I, I, the, uh, maybe because I already know the ending. Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Sorry if anyone hasn't it watched it. but uh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. So I just, but I he just comes back. It comes really back. in the sequel, like, right? No, in the part of the film too is like a bit of the end. The rocks rolled over and the light white, oh. white light. And so they're they're like, they're like setting it up for the sequel. Where he can get like revenge. He's got like a like a M sixteen or something. He's gonna finally. All right, the back. Christians listening to us yeah. is fucking oh. hating us right now. <laughs> like, no, I was saying it, 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 it did go on. It, it, he, yeah, in, of in course. the film he come back. I don't know. I so haven't gone to the end. I'm pretty sure at the end of that film, there's like a, a a cave and a white light coming out of it, talking about like the other part of the story, I the would, final part of the story. I would hope so Probably because the most important part of the if story. Mel Gibson made an entire film and ended it just <laughs> with the death of Jesus yeah. and no, it not him rising sadness. again, that is just horrid. Yeah, like yeah. that is art. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Is Chucky thriller or horror? Uh, Chucky's horror. Is it? Mm. Nah, bruh. 100% horror. Yeah. Chucky, the doll. Thriller is more like, I, I need a million dollars for your kid right now. <laughs> Got your kid kidnapped. <laughs> it's like, it's suspense, you know? Yeah, horror is just yeah. like, 
kill, you know, like some little thing or somebody gets just murdered straight then and then and the whole plot changes all of a sudden. Yeah. There's only three of them left on the island now, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, oh, I don't know, Bo, teach me. No, no but what, what I, I imagine I horror and thriller, that's the layman's terms difference. Friday 13th, is that's that... A, that's a horror, yeah. Horror. But then, like, no. It, it is... No, you guys... Scream, a, scream. Horror. But, like, that's the thing, is that you guys raise a good point, which is, like, obviously there's, like, thriller thrillers, like... I might I might have a controversial opinion, but I think like a good example is a detective thriller, like yeah. Silence of the Lambs and Seven. I would call thrillers. thrillers. Yes, but the thing is that they're they're, they're horrifying though. Yes. Seven is a fantastic. So is that good. is that Brad Pitt? Yeah, yeah. Seven Deadly yeah. Sins. So yes. good. So good. Fantastic film. Who's your favorite horror um, director then? Ooh. Uh, See, I always think like serial killers is just thriller to me. Horror to me is mm. supernatural. I can't watch supernatural films because like I feel like that is real like like it, it really spooks me where yeah. someone like a fucking Chucky doll or Friday the 13th or Mike Myers or something like that like those don't those are just thrillers to me because uh, I don't know. I, I, Do you I f- not get scared by them? Is that No, I yeah. don't get scared by them. That's probably why I yeah. feel like they're just thrillers. Like they give me jump scares. Yeah. But it's not like I don't go to sleep after watching a Mike Myers film and think about Mike Myers going to kill me because to me he's just a guy. But yeah. if I go to if I watch a supernatural um, film and then I go to sleep, I'm awake all night, bro. Do you think horror films are getting less scary in like the modern era? Apart from some fucking Japanese ones. Yes. Then yes. In the modern era, Western horror films has just, to me, has just taken a big like dive. And that's why I think they're more thrillers. Yeah. Because thrillers has gone up mm. where horrors has sort of fallen. But Japanese horrors, like those, they're also supernatural. You got the little girl that fucking has a thing over her face, yeah. her hair. And but she's she's almost like a demon. That's more it's supernatural. Al- it's also like a slow burn, you know. Like if mm. you're if if someone comes out and go, just goes like oh ghoulish, like you you get that fright like for a second, but it doesn't linger with you. Like I remember, um, it's like that Hitchcock thing where he talks about two dudes are having a boring conversation. They're talking, 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 and then suddenly a bomb goes off. And when that bomb goes off, like you get that initial fright, but there's nothing more beyond that. But if you were to tell people in advance by having a shot of that bomb, then suddenly the entire time you're on the edge of the seat, like, guys, stop having that boring conversation. You're about to be blown to smithereens. Mm. And I think it's a great example for horror where it's like, we've been focusing so much on jump scaring people with that bomb that we don't tell people in advance, hey, there's that bomb and like, let it linger over time. Like Mm. my favorite horror films, you know, really... Like or that latter sort of thing where it lets it linger and it, there's no jump scares. Like Rosemary's Baby, my favorite film of all time. Yeah. And that's a terrifying film even today. Yeah, I still don't think I've watched that film. Is oh, that yeah. Kubrick? Is that uh, Polanski? No, Polanski. Polanski. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I still, yeah. I, I, I you've, you've, I uh, think you've told me multiple times to watch that film, and I oh, just haven't. It. I, I, I don't, yeah, but the, like, what's, run me through what Rosemary's Baby is about real quick, and then I want to get to your major project that you're working on. Yeah, so it's, um, it was made in 1964, I want to say, it stars Mia Farrow and John Cassavetes, it's just about this young couple in New York, um, they move into a new apartment, 
there's uh, a couple of nosy old neighbors next door. Um, then Rosemary gets pregnant, but she notices that the older couple become more and more involved in her life. And then she starts to suspect that the older couple might have sinister motivations towards her baby. And it's just this really slow burn where you're not really sure where it's going. You don't know who to trust. And it just holds that tension the entire time. It's just really terrifying. Dude, you just made a link in my head. This could be a complete random link. I'm going to share it with you guys right now. And just let me know if I'm completely wrong. But you just joined a link in my head. Me? I absolutely love comedy. And I understand that comedy, especially Dave Chappelle, is lingering in awkward moments and just switching that awkwardness and maneuvering it through that awkwardness to then hit an end bit. Horror sort of lingers in a, it's the same concept, but a whole different emotion. Horror lingers in in the 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 like unknown frightness, the f- the fear of like what is going to happen, and then it just hits like that. That mm. that connection just made in my head right then. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, that, that's yeah. insane. It's like they you know, you could argue that comedy and horror are like the same thing, but comedy is that relief from the tension, while horror never relieves the tension. It yeah. keeps it going. You know. Yeah, I, I hear mean, you. All comedy is relief from tragedy at the end of the day yeah and it, like because i watched um i watched deaf comedy jam again just the other day um made a little while ago it was 25 years of the deaf jam comedy that brought out all because back then um blacks weren't allowed to be on on uh, all the dave letterman and all the talk shows so deaf jam actually made deaf comedy jam to put all the um, black comedians on so anyone that you know that's a black comedian a lot of them came from deaf comedy jam and like friday um uh rush hour who's the uh chris rock chris rock came from there um chris tucker came from there um oh, chris tucker sorry yeah good chris tucker you were yeah chris rock is the other one I know my comedy, motherfucker. You know your horror? I know my comedy. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, so I'll rewatch that. And um, one of the presenters was Dave Chappelle. And he was doing a monologue with another person. And they they read the thing wrong. And then it was amazing how Dave Chappelle, instead of just trying it again, he held everyone in the room in that awkward moment and made jokes throughout and made them laugh and then came back to the monologue. Uh, yeah, that was that was um, that was spectacular. But that very similar. I never never made that like distinction before. Discovered something new. Yes, and I and I, I love discovering shit new. Hey, very nice. <laughs> and what's this? So you've got a big feature film that you're working on. Yes, yes. So um, I've written a feature script, uh, working title, The Candidacy. So the idea is that it's uh, wait, hold on. Yes. Why the candidacy? Because uh, I'm really bad at making up names. Is so, it political? Uh, a little bit. Um, yeah. So, by the way, if anyone naughty, come, I know I'm very, <laughs> very naughty. Uh, ten naughty <laughs> out of ten. Just could not I'm help myself. Get canceled. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
So, <laughs> but in all seriousness, if you, oh! <laughs> I hope it doesn't life. upset Mr. Rupert Murdoch. Oh, uh, here's here's hoping that it doesn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, so, I, if you guys can think of a better name, I am more than welcome. No, but how did you come to that name? How do you spell candidacy? Uh, C-A-N-D-I-C-A-C-Y. <laughs> this is the 5A take. <laughs> it's a big question. <laughs> How do I say it? <laughs> the candidacy. Tell yeah. us about it, bro. How did you sorry, come to sorry. that word? How did you come to that name? Like I said, I could not think of a better working title. I put literally no effort into the title because I was like, I'll What about, about the subject? So the subject is, um, so... These seven, um, these seven young grads are given this vague sort of opportunity for uh, the completion of an internship on the promise of a job. So they have to complete a placement out in the forest. My bro, I'm going to let you finish. You're insanely lovely. I, I just meant calling yeah. the film the subject. Oh yeah, but the, oh, wait, I was in. I was. In, I was with you, bro. Okay. I thought. No, I thought keep, you were keep, talking keep about the subject of the, the film. Of the film. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, they um they're taken out to this placement and they're given hey. almost no detail about it. Then one of them gets horrifically killed, uh, seemingly by accident. But then they discovered that there might be more sinister things going on. Now that's a pretty stock standard sort of horror scenario. But what makes this one different? is that throughout the film, some of these people are convinced that this is all still part of the job placement. And so uh, they think, I've got a better chance of getting this job if I help take out the competition. So the oh. film is obviously a horror film, but it's also a commentary on the job market today. Uh, basically, people these days mm. that are graduating from university would literally kill to get a job. Yeah. Mm. That's that's a thousand percent true. <laughs> like, so people yeah. are stuck out there thinking that they're going to get a job and performing certain tasks, and eventually certain people disappear, and Absolutely. it's like this fucking hor horror thriller. Absolutely, and they're, all they're trying to do is just sit at a desk for the rest of their lives. Yes, but they get they get very active about it as well. So yeah. they're all there's a couple of little tests and stuff, and you don't know who's playing the game and who's actually trying to cooperate and. Very much like a sort of, um, you know, prisoner's dilemma sort of thing. Yeah, like a corporate Hunger Games. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, that's Hunger. sick. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's mad, dude. Yeah. Oh, oh, yo, yo. I don't, I don't want to like. I, I don't want you to run through the entire film, but I definitely want to hear <laughs> more about by that. Page. But yeah, <laughs> no, that sounds that sounds sick, and it, it is a issue at the minute. Like you can pay thousands and thousands for all these degrees and that, and Absolutely. you can not get a job or like. I heard psychology, a psychology major degree is in, especially in Australia, is the most likelihood of you not actually going through with that job. Absolutely. I don't know if I said that correctly. No, like, no you're right. Like a, a lot of psychology degrees, the way that they're structured is that you don't actually do psychology until you get into a postgraduate degree. So you're sort of schlepping it out in an undergraduate degree. And if you don't get the cert, like the required marks for it, they're like, oh, well, fucking see ya. And so it's like, well, I just spent all this time doing a degree. And it's like, well, you didn't get a distinction average. So you can't actually get into psychology. You can't get your placement. Sorry, you just wasted your time. That is horrid. Yeah, yeah that's messed up. It is. Oh, yeah, I, and I heard a lot of, um, what is crazy is that a lot of degrees, especially from this coronavirus, 25 of Macquarie University's um, uh, bachelor's degree or postgraduates have just been wiped. There's Shit, not enough kids. Really? Yeah. 
not enough wow. student to fill it up. And so they're, they're wiping it out. And there's, there's universities in America that are just failing altogether. So you're like, oh, I got this, but where'd you get it from? It doesn't even exist anymore. So where did that fucking 50K go to? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's just... Is that due to lack of international students? So the yeah. universities can't fund themselves anymore? Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. was such a big source of income for most... Not Isn't most, it? but a lot of big universities in Australia. Yeah, well, yeah it's, it's the third it's biggest in export in the country. Is, that, um, is education. Absolutely. Is that really true? It's yeah. like a proper commodity. Come yeah, to so Sydney Uni. Num- number one is like 80 bill, um, which is uh, coal. 60 bill is iron ore. And then 30 bill is education. But if you count like subsidiary industries, for example, the tourism dollars that are brought in from education, it could be higher than 30 bill. So, like, it is a really important thing to the Australian economy, but, um, you know, right now with coronavirus, you know, maybe not enough has been done to keep that industry afloat. Mate, like, people are going to listen to this podcast and they're going to be like... Whoa! I never knew these guys were even close to smart. Like, <laughs> but yo, yo, that's 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 what you get. We're we're a bipolar show. We're a mixed candy bag. Sometimes you might get incredibly knowledgeable, like little nuggets. Other times you might get fart jokes. Yeah, Is, all, why all, not both? Yeah, yeah. you why know that's both? that's why it's a diverse show. It's why we like it. Well, Talks no fiction. Though. Exactly. <laughs> And talking about shows, what about the the one you started, bro? Talk oh. us through about that, and we can play a clip after this. I wish we could have a way longer episode, um, but it, we're getting into digital streets territory. Ah, yes. Okay. So, uh, basically, I've created a horror audio drama called The Sulfuric Secrets. Mm. Um, it starts off in 1858. By the way, I got to say... Yeah. I've listened to the first two. You've got a snippet for us for from the latest episode. And I just want to say congratulations. And it sounds absolutely amazing. Oh, thank you, dude. No, Much not a problem. It. Honest. But yeah, go. how'd you come with it and come about it all? And yeah, it's dated in nine... Wait, say that again. So it starts in 1858 um, in this like weird ritual where this guy skins a man alive and then from there it goes over the next couple of hundred years from like the 1940s to like the 2030s and it's just like how do all these random events connect and um it's sort of elements of alchemy and occultism and horror and all that good stuff but um yeah it's just a really weird sort of intense little horror thing that just came to me out of nowhere really i was like came up with this idea for, um, you know, what's like, what's a super fucked up thing that could be done for a horror idea? And then from there, I was like, okay, how do you, how do you build a world around that? And then mm. that's where the idea came about. And do they like, do, uh, I don't know if this is something that people are to find out later in the episodes, but does everything actually link up? Yes, yes. So there's, there's a lot of twists and turns uh, throughout the series. Uh, a lot of, yeah, a lot of unexpected sort of developments and stuff. So let's let's play it. Let's play a Ooh. snippet. Let's do it. Mr. Rollo concentrated fiercely on the operation in front of him. The hand holding the scalpel had been imbued with a strength and precision unknown in all of his years of medical practice. 
Absolutely nothing can describe the abject terror that comes from the sense of powerlessness as you watch a claw slowly come straight towards your eyeball and rest just slightly above your vision so that it strains you just to see what is going to happen next. Mr. Rollo had to draw the scalpel from the forehead to the genitals so he could pull the flayed man's skin off as a single bisected carpet. The flayed man felt the piercing sensation as his flesh was violated. The pain was unimaginable, indescribable. A couple of seconds from crown chakra to root, but the journey from Sahasrara to Muladhara felt like hours, and it had barely begun. During unnecessarily slow, drawn-out executions, typically of the ostentatious, medieval, or modern drug cartel variety, there is a curious phenomena. There is a distinctive moment where the hope in the victim is snuffed out. The moment where not only do they know they are going to die, but they are actively seeking it. It's common to see the victim go limp. Dr. Rollo would have called this medical phenomenon shock. Mr. Rollo would call it the moment where the soul is ready to depart. Either way, this moment for the flayed man was the moment he saw his own face being pulled off his skull. There you go. <laughs> Halloween <laughs> special with my baby bones. Hey, that's sick, <laughs> dude. Shit. So good. So good. Yeah. I chose the most fucked up part of the series for the Halloween episode. Oh, I, I love it. Had I love to go it. All out. We just yeah. went and it's full <laughs> podcast inception. Like people <laughs> listen to the podcast, but yeah. then they're listening to another <laughs> podcast. And now we're in the podcast again. Oh I love my it. God, so meta. I love it. Oh, I love it. Oh, that it is it is sick. So it is so the flayed man, he was it's like episode one like run us through like the journey of this. The, the, is yeah. he a real guy? Yes. Uh, so basically, uh, it mixes historical events with uh, fictitious events. So a big part of the series is what is like a sort of non-event in terms of history. So the laying of these transatlantic telegraph cables, but then they became the internet. And so the idea is, what if this like non-event in history was actually super, super, super important and so what happens is I might not reveal the big secret, but there's yeah. this huge sort of reveal around what the significance of the, the, the telegraph cables are and why mm. they relate to a dude that's literally been skinned alive in this basement in this really gruesome ritual, as you guys just heard. Dude, wow. it's sick. Wow. Sick. I, I really like it, dude. And, and for everyone, the link will be in the description um, for everything. So you can go um, listen to Sephiric Secrets. And Between Two Worlds is the... You, you explain. Oh, Between Two Worlds is just the name of the, uh, the thing that I release it under. But I also 
I'm looking to do some like other stuff with it, like video essays and that sort of thing. But Sulfuric Secrets is the first release for Between Two Worlds. Sick. Absolutely sick. Now, okay. as we get, we're, so we bro. we in the actually you you what do you think, Lil? That was your first time listening. I listened to the first and second episode. That was uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it was incredible. Very dark and mysterious. Oh, oh you, thank you. You kind of have I'm not it. surprised because <laughs> I know you so well, yeah. but it's fucking good to hear. Oh, oh you you have a um very um. Uh, What's the what's the word um, over not over over? What's the vocal um, technique? It's uh, like a um, like where overpronounced. No 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 not over. <laughs> <laughs> over. <laughs> it's um. Over. It's Ooh. like if 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 what someone comes to you and they're like they're coming to a film. You know when you watch films and it's like this summer. We will have yeah. the last. Like you got, you, you got such a a, a um a, a radio voice. Like uh, it works with podcast, especially you. that genre. That genre is um yeah, it's right down your alley. You're definitely right path, dude. And the first two episodes were fucking amazing, and I I, I urge everyone to go listen to that. Um. For the second half of this, uh, the episode, mate, we got this thing called Digital Streets where we look at the most trending items that people are discussing and we give a yay or a yikes. Oh, okay. On on the topic. Love the alliteration, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Digital Streets. Okay. What do we got, my bruh? Talk to me. my man uh first up holy shit it's definitely a horror episode when we're talking about this cunt yeah and i had to mention it because we've mentioned it so much before diogo like yeah it's, it's been an ongoing theme but anyway it has there's a there's mystery two million dollar fucking donations from the vatican into the australian uh into australia in it's allegedly been to encourage the release of the bloke uh, George Pell, yes. Cardinal George Pell. It's, so it's all still mystery. This is an article from news.com, but it was first reported by The Australian, which is a Rupert Murdoch-owned paper. It's, it's, it's all very above-board journalism. It's not even a conspiracy. It's just straight up what's happened. And so the federal police are currently undergoing an investigation into that stuff and how it came about. So where did the t- two million go? Like, do we, or does it just vaguely say Australia? Because it could just be in like the Great Red Desert if it's just. It just says Australia. <laughs> it just dropped it right in the middle. Uh, it well, says. It well, says first it was reported as four hundred fifteen thousand, and then it was like, uh, sort of addressed, looked into further, and then they allegedly said there was one point one million, and now it's come out that it was more like two million dollars been gifted and that was um yeah so italy reported one million dollars as australia reported 415 and then it came around again to be realized to be more more than that this might sound like a controversial opinion but whenever there's a large amount of money gifted um you know on the outskirts of a high profile case it's extremely contentious some people would call that a bribe now i don't know but I would say that it's, it's definitely very well. S- 
suspicious. Yeah. I'd say I'd say you you're right on the money because when no one can get out of the country, how can a Qantas pa- plane take this guy to the Vatican? Mm. There was several payments. It wasn't just one. It was a series of payments. Oh wow! Coming in, there's another one point three million dollar payment, but it's very vague about where the money actually went. Yeah, I mean, I don't know anything about this, but I I mean, definitely red flags are are waving whenever there's that much money you know, exchanging hands and it seems to be in very close proximity to a um to a high profile case. So it's definitely a yikes from me. Yeah. That's a yikes from me as well, my bro. That's a hectic yikes. Fuck gang, gang. Shit. Yeah. It's crazy how our uh, justice system can be manipulated like that. Disgusting, man. Disgusting. All right. Digital streets take number two. What do we got? All right. So a lot of ladies been sitting at home you know, they don't feel the need for the bra when they're at home. And they're saying that when COVID ends, when they go back out in the real world, a lot of chicks don't want to put their bra back on. That's kind of cool. They just don't give a fuck about it. And so, <laughs> I don't know. Is like, that a it's, thing? It's fully, uh, well, there's a news article on it. Well, it, after COVID, I'll definitely be going without a bra. Yeah, me yeah. too, man. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> No science to support bra use and breast cancer. Whether or so not that's you been like, a big thing that they've told women for a long time. Like you got to wear a bra because it, it will it will cause stress on your breasts otherwise, and it will create cancer. Wow, it's I didn't know that. Totally a load of shit. That's of just a side topic on this article. That, mm. oh, yeah, but that's totally like a real thing. And so chicks are sort of turning around saying, "Hang on, I've been able to get through all this without." A bra, mm. and I've been actually a little bit more comfortable. So fuck y'all! Like I'm not putting it back on when all the shit opens up. Yeah, you know I, what I mean. I'm all I'm all for women uh, power. Power to the women. Power to the letting the, the the titties hang out. Yeah, fucking oath. <laughs> I think it's mad if they don't want to do that. I mean, I can't. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. It takes a global pandemic to start exciting it. We've we've learned a lot from the global pandemic, but. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think like, I, I mean, I can't speak from experience, but I definitely know from girlfriends that like there is a really large, you know, hill to climb when it comes to finding a bra that fits. Like it's a, it's a real challenge, you know? Um, so, I mean, if we're going in a braless society, I mean, not that my vote being cast means anything, but yeah, okay, let's, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Sounds good to me. Way to go, man. <laughs> All it's right. Like what, the what, trend, <laughs> baby. Daily streets, daily trends. <laughs> Moving what? right along, <laughs> gentlemen. All right, I guess that's all a yay from us. Yeah, fucking yeah, oath. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. want to put a bra on. I ain't got to tell you to. There you go. 100. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we fucking went around the fucking mountain <laughs> getting to that. <laughs> <laughs> we did, but hey. We're a bipolar like, show. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And then, whoa, whoa. <laughs> really, uh, yeah, no, all good, all good. All right, what Peace do we got? Love, all facts, no fiction. Mike Tyson just released an EDM song. Oh my! No God. shit. Oh, even more. The man himself. The one. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, no, no, we're lighting it up for this one, <laughs> okay, baby. There you go. Wanna, it's Mike, fucking gold, man. Mike Tyson. All right, hit it, hit it. <laughs> I'm Mike Tyson. The biggest thing is the visuals on this, man. The vicious, the most destructive fighter ever lived. Mike Tyson. Look at these visuals. A warlord to strip your heart out. Oh my warlord god. Warlord to strip I'm your Mike heart. Tyson. I'm Mike Tyson. I'm Mike Tyson. I'm Mike Tyson. 
Yeah. Why is he punching a shark? <laughs> that's what he does, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking insane, man. I'm Mike Tyson. Can imagine this, like, in every club post-COVID fucking... <laughs> oh, my God. I was in the pub the other day, and it's Saturday night, and no one's allowed to dance, no one's allowed to stand up. There's only, like, a quarter of the people allowed in there. But they still got the, like, really shitty EDM music, sort of like this. Pumping. Like, full pumping. Like, everyone's sort of sitting there, like, fucking 10 o'clock at night, like... This is like groups Swing of three sort of thing. There's like, and then in the background is like this, like yeah. And the only people standing up are the bartenders, just waiting for someone to get another drink. And fucking Parramatta, like you know, at the bar. Like, that's what we're doing nowadays. Like no one thought music like it's about the vibe. Like that you. They just thought you can just put like, it on. Saturday night, we're playing our Saturday night. Shit. Like, yeah. All right. Let's, I love let's, it. It was amazing. We nearly, we actually listened to the entire song just then. So he's he's a comedian because he did the one, he did the roast with, was it Charlie Sheen? Yeah. He's a singer now and he's an actor because he was in The Hangover. And yep. I think he might've been a- And he's coming back to boxing. He's boxing next month. He's back to boxing again. Yeah, he fights Roy Jones Jr. I don't know month. who that is, but that sounds One amazing. of the greatest boxers of all time as well. Really? They're both coming back for an exhibition yeah. match. Also, it's two two old dudes getting into a fight. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm definitely watching oh, that. And yeah. Jake Paul's on the undercard. Oh, my no God. No way. Fighting That's in, what boxing is nowadays. <laughs> fighting an NBA, ex-NBA player. <laughs> bro, 2020. 2020. We're here. We're fucking here, All I'm bro. waiting for is the Trump-Biden fight. The Trump-Biden fight. I like imagine. a literal, actual fight. Yeah, no, fight, like yeah. the inner ring, oh, full yeah. tilt. Who would win? Ooh. I don't know, Trump Trump? Won in, yeah, he, <laughs> Just like he's going to win the election. Uh, <laughs> I don't want him to, but look he at did, it. He did win a look wrestling match news. against Did Vince you see McMahon. their debate? Oh, my God. Oh, mate, that those <laughs> all three was horrible. All it's three. all embarrassing. Yeah, it was, it was weird. The first one was just so, like, vicious and everyone was talking over each other. I watched the third debate and, like, Trump was just this different dude. Like, yeah. he'd obviously been trained by his PR guys, so much. He even turned to the commentator and said, I'd like to thank you so much for, I can't do the accent, but he's like, I'd like to thank you so much for letting me answer that question. And blah, blah, blah. I was like, that's, that's I'd like something he'd to never thank said. you so much for letting me speak. It was fantastic. It was the best, best moderator of all time, apart from myself. It was great. Pretty good, pretty oh, good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm usually shit at fucking impressions, as people know on this podcast. That was, that was all right. I'm getting better, guys. I'm getting a, better. I've got a hint of drunken suburban mother in between with Trump. Oh, I yeah. Like, I like <laughs> the mix-up between the two. It's, I'm good. Maybe his Trump does sound like a little, like... Drunk suburban drunk middle-aged suburban woman. Middle-aged little woman. Bit. Definitely does. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> does. <laughs> Linda, he's got, he's yeah. got the Karen hairstyle for it as yeah, well. Like it's the ultimate he, Karen hairstyle. He's, he's it's Karen. Cat Donald over. Trump is Karen. Donald Trump is Karen. Oh, oh guys, my don't, god! Oh guys, don't speak about the Donald like that. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, whoops. Oh, 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 sorry, guys. We got a we got a soundboard. Lol's still getting used to all the different buttons. 
There we go, straight on I it. I pressed it, but I just pressed another button as well. I got a little excited on the Halloween one. All right, what do we got? So is this a yikes or a yay? Oh, absolutely a yay. Oh my God. I'm going to hit it with a yikes. <laughs> really? I fucking hated like? that song just then. I hated that song. <laughs> It's so funny. I love it. He's taking the piss out of himself. I Definitely. Like I, I appreciate that, but shit song. Yeah, I love Mark Tyson. Fucking hate that song, man. <laughs> like, yeah, and good, good on him. You got to make money, you know what I mean? Snoop Dogg got his menu log ad. Everyone oh out God. here making money nowadays. There's this, this, like Corona's ruined a lot of things for everyone, including yes. what seems to be music. Uh, yes. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> yikes from me too, my my gentleman. I love it. I Moving love right it. along. Some Digital other streets. fucking hilarious shit. CNN commentator. His name is Jeffrey Tubin. Uh, he's uh, quite high up in CNN. Apparently, though, on a, a fucking uh, Zoom Zoom meeting with everyone in his business. I don't know how many people exactly were on there, but it was a big prominent meeting. And uh, he had a little the recess. Well, they all had a little recess and he had a little release. During no. the recess. A recess so, release. What do you mean? No. What do you no, mean? No, elaborate. So the boy's sitting there in front of his computer. He's got halfway through the meeting. Oh, let's have a little 10 minute recess. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, sort of like minimized the screen and didn't think it was filming him. And, and maximized uh, his pleasure. And yeah, it seems to, he has seen, opened his uh, favorite, favorite family porn site or something and uh, masturbated <laughs> to it in front of everyone else on the fucking... <laughs> Zoom meeting, like a full prominent CNN commentator, you know, media personality. Oh my God. So That's this guy is in yeah. a business call. So in the incident first reported by Vice News happened during an election simulation involving the New Yorker and WN. YC radio last week. Mr. Tobin, in a statement to Vice, I made an embarrassingly stupid mistake believing I was off camera. So, Vice quotes two anonymous sources who were at the meeting as saying they witnessed the incident. So, the guy actually thought the Zoom wasn't on and started having a wank during a meeting break. And he was actually on a Zoom meeting with the press, with the New Yorker and and radio station. It, it doesn't get New much York worse City than Radio. <laughs> so he's like full on a press conference. It was it wasn't even an internal business uh, conference, but Zoom meetings. I want to know. I want to know what people are thinking about Zoom meetings. And has anyone else seen like a pair of titties or someone get their dick out in their <laughs> m- monthly Zoom meetings? I know we're all sitting there with our pants off and just mm. the, just Can the blazer on on top. Yeah, exactly. I'm, but a, like, I'm actually sitting it, here pantless right now. Yeah. <laughs> has anyone actually <laughs> seen some home. shit go down? <laughs> oh, how's this, Mister Tubin guy? He's actually an author of several books, and the latest was published. In August this year, and its title is True Crimes and Misdemeanors, dot, dot, The Investigation of Donald Trump. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) It's about the Mueller inquiry and all the allegations between Russia and everything that's fucking everything. So this guy is... uh, 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 And then he's out there... (laughs) 
<laughs> having a just fucking to jerk wank. one off while he's on a fucking Zoom meeting with the press. What makes you what what stress makes, relief? Yeah, what do you reckon? That's hey, what brother, it is. It was obviously a very very trying time when he was yeah. writing that book, and he needed to take a, a little bit of me time. Whether it's you know ten minutes in between talking to the biggest press figureheads in the country, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. But why wouldn't you just cover your camera? I mean, that that's the main, you know, I mean, does does he say, did he put any effort whatsoever into making sure, or did he, I mean, he, of course he's going to say. No, he just he, embarrassingly made a stupid mistake believing, believing he was off camera. But believing you're off camera means literally getting up and walking two meters away from your camera. Someone might think that would put you off camera. Yeah, exactly. And uh, he thought that all you had to do was minimise the Zoom meeting screen, ah, I'm guessing, on his laptop. <laughs> uh, yeah. t- I tell you what, see, uh, he is also CNN's chief legal analyst. That's insane. Well, he can defend himself then. Uh, yeah. Do you know what else is insane? <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> do you know what else is insane is that he's not fired. Yeah, he's really? just sort of stood down temporarily. He's suspended. Yeah. And uh. and and it says he's it doesn't say he's suspended because of this incident. It says that he's suspended from because he wanted to go on some family situation. He had a personal situation. That is insane. Oh, were they in the background of the Zoom call and we couldn't see? That's the family. Oh no, that's very dark. Actually, no. Where do you reckon? Where do you reckon he, he? What site you reckon he went on? Oh boy, uh, I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna. What's your go-to? Uh, mine's XNXX. XNXX. Fucking love that site. Spectacular site. I go to UJIS. UJIS, <laughs> we jizz, we all jizz for UJIS. UJIS? What's on UJIS? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't mind X videos. A Bella Danger. You know, an old classic. Oh, X you know. videos? Yeah, no, I'm just a traditionalist. You're mindset. laughing at me here looking at X videos. I know, they I they know. don't even have movies hey. on there yet. It's still hey. the fucking JPEGs. <laughs> Loading like halfway through and <laughs> shit. You're that's like, why it's called X videos. You come when, they've got, when, the, when, <laughs> when the bottom half finally loads. <laughs> like, ah! Oh. Yeah, it helps me t- Time it all out. Wow. name is it? I'm a man of action and, and you know, routine. All right, this is a big yikes from me, man. This guy's a fucking moron. He should get fired. CNN needs better people, and you can't take any credibility from what he's saying against any sexual demeanor because he's literally having a wank on a Zoom call. Yeah, I think uh, journalism, you know, it's gotten to a low point, obviously, and you'd think CNN would be one of the better ones. Obviously not. Yeah, Look, I, I think um, I, I'm gonna like I, I'm obviously gonna give it a yikes, but I think you know um, you should gu- relieve your stress at any time. Well, the guy the guy made a mistake. I mean, the guy should learn how to use a computer. That's the main point. Um, but I've heard plenty of stories like this where people, you know, you're in your home. It's an indiscretion. But I mean, the thing that gets to me is that the guy probably should have been fired just as a matter of principle. But he was given what a lot of corporate types are given, which is the um, the opportunity to step down with with dignity. You know, you yeah. hear all these cases of people where it's like they weren't fired; they've resigned from the role, and that's, uh, they've been that. suspended during the investigation. Exactly. And then six months later, they might be in a similar role, exactly. or a different it's, role, same company, and all this sort it's of the stuff. Re- it's the revolving door of the, the upper echelons. But when, when you know that something has gone on behind the scenes when someone's been given the opportunity to resign with dignity, and he's been given the opportunity to resign with dignity. So for me, that's 
the re the, the masturbation thing is is secondary to the yikes that is him being able to resign with dignity. And that's half the mm. liberal party. Ooh, everyone, everyone. Well, Ooh. We shouldn't even say liberal. We can say le- labor and liberal. That's that's Australia politics is oh. resigning and putting someone else ahead. Yeah, it's like. Oh. But I think one might do it more as a matter of as a matter of. Uh, Oh, we, can, we we know which one he supports. <laughs> <laughs> what else we got, bruh? All right, last one, my last gentlemen. Last digital streets. It's something a little bit on the film line of things. Okay. So we've been looking into the destruction uh, upon the film industry by the coronavirus. Okay. Mm. And obviously it's worldwide and extensive, uh, even to the point where blockbusting films are impossibly shut down. Interestingly enough, though, and hear me out, it's not just this. That's my point about this. I want to talk to you because, obviously, James Bond Mm. ain't going to release their film. Yeah. And they've actually already filmed it. Yes. Which is another crazy thing. So it's not that they can't get people together during the pandemic to film it. And this is just one, you know, so glorious blockbuster film that isn't uh, being released. Uh, but the big reason that they're saying it's not worth releasing the film is because uh, the coronavirus has really done a lot of damage in China to their uh, the way people go about their lives, just like us and just like most of the world. Like cinemas and that? Yeah. Yeah. And so it, the, the cinema, the, the blockbuster economy in China is totally fucking fallen on its ass and it's not an economic viable option to release the film unless people can go to the cinema in china wow whoa yeah that is the reason there is no new james bond films coming out because it's not economically viable hold on bro hold on so you're telling me that they have recorded the james bond film they've got the james bond film the new james bond is done and ready to go that's been for a while and has been for a while. A and because China is having this issue, the rest of the world doesn't get to see it. So do you remember that movie, The Meg, with um, Jason Statham? The Meg? It was about like just some giant fish in the ocean. But like the entire... Oh, like Mega... 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 Megalodon, 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 Megalodon. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Meg- Megalodon, yeah. Yeah, so like the entire distribution model was based not on making money in America. Like they made some money in America, but it was based on how well it was going to do in China. So yeah. it was actually... I think it was... If it was only played in America, it would have been a flop, but it made money because of the amazing response it got in China. And a lot of films these days actually have that as their main sort of focus in terms of a distribution model. And also ethics within the films and stuff so it's okay to smoke and drink and rape and kill but if you sort of go challenge the state in a certain way uh, it doesn't fit well with the chinese fucking people who choose what films get played at their theaters and so then it's a very economically stupid decision to make and there's actually films that come out with censorship, but in the weirdest things. They're not mm. censored with the swearing or little things that we'd think there'd be censorship with. They're censored with people standing up to authority and certain mm. things like that. And then, oh no, just change that part of the film mm. and, and then and then it's okay. I think there was something to do in the Star Wars films. There's lo- lots oh, of did little you things see that, that have been changed did you see the situ- that we didn't even realise. Yeah, did you see the situation with that Star Wars poster in China? Seven. Yeah. Oh, they removed. Is John that what Greg I'm thinking completely. of? Yeah. 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 So there's yeah. Uh, what's his name? 
John Boyega, they completely removed him from the poster, even though yeah. he starred in it. Yeah, the, the whole push for the entire Star Wars was for having um, two, a female and a black male, a minority, and that was the push for the film. Yeah. That was the actual marketing push. But when it went to China, they take the lead dude out of the fucking poster and make the whole poster Han Solo pretty much. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Because they don't want a black guy as... Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm not surprised. It says here, um, 70,000 movie theatres were ordered to close across China this year. Whoa, that's uh, a lot, dude. It there says here that the Chinese box office take is on averaging $500 million per year, and so far this year it's only raised $2 million. So it's dropped by 99.6%. That's insane. So what... Wow. All these rules and different ways that the Chinese uh, theatre industry would influence our, it, which is something that's not been talked about much and mm. we probably should talk about it a lot more. Um, uh, but it's changed because yeah. they've, their whole industry just doesn't exist anymore. That whole pool of money that the West was taking out of China doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And I that, mean, yeah. Sorry. Why is that the case? Why? Is it just coronavirus? For for this film, like I've I've heard a rumor that um, I don't necessarily believe it, but apparently, No Time to Die might they might actually have a stinker on their hands. Like every single time it's been delayed, they've actually done a whole bunch of reshoots each time. Uh. And Daniel Craig, like you know, he said I'd rather stick nails in my eye than do another James Bond. So. I think they gave him like 50 mil just to get him to do the last one. Yeah, I heard about that. I heard it. I heard it. Yeah, I heard it was in the hundreds, but yeah, I heard it got wow. fucking a shitload, dude. Wow. Like a heavy bag. I mean, I'm looking forward to it, but I mean, I think that's the thing is that, you know, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens after the dust settles, you know, after coronavirus. Like, uh, I mean, Blumhouse is a really interesting model for um, cinema distribution. And although a lot of people sort of make fun of Blumhouse and they sometimes don't make the best quality films, it's one I really respect, which is instead of taking the, the traditional studio blockbuster model where they say, all right, we're going to give, you know, $100 million to, you know, sort of tentpole films and one of them's going to make us a billion. Instead they go, no, we're just going to give a million dollars to up and coming to medium grade filmmakers and we'll make... 10 to you know 30 million dollars off of it but the thing is that it's a lot more inclusive and yeah it does promote a lot of crap but the thing is is that Blumhouse were the guys that made Get Out Blumhouse mm. were the guys that made Whiplash and I think they made one other film that made got like an Academy Award but this is also the guys that made a whole bunch of really crappy horror films like um, Truth or Dare you know but I have a lot of respect for them and I yeah. hope that's that's what we get as like the new norm after coronavirus. Yeah, it's crazy. They're saying that there's, uh, it's not just James Bond's several films that are just like, it's not worth it to release it because there's no money to be made in China anymore. And um, yeah, fucking crazy. Yeah, that's, that's a bit Never really thought that about the movie industry. You know, you think of Hollywood and you don't see it tied into China. Like so many other things in our, like in Australia, a lot of our economy is tied into China. But you just wouldn't think Hollywood would be tied into China that like deep. that. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 not well, something you'd perceive when you're looking at the mu movie industry. You know, well, like mm. in 2016, like Joe Biden, when he was still vice president, met with um, I don't know if it was Xi Jinping or uh, Hu Jintao, but like one of the main things that they were talking about was the film industry because China only lets in like 50, 100 films per year. 
And yeah. so there was, it was like a negotiation as to how many films had let in and like what the content would be and what the distribution balance would be. But the thing is, is that you've got like two heads of state or close to two heads of state. And the thing they're talking about is filmmaking. You know, mm. it's a big business. It's a really big business. Yeah, it's crazy, eh? So that's, it, that, is that a yikes or a yay from yous? Yikes. Yeah. It's hard to say whether it's a yikes or a yay. That's a tough one, huh? Yeah, so I don't know. I guess I guess I'm not saying yikes to that China like has a big influence on Western film. Uh, it's just it's just a surprising side note. I guess the whole point of it is that um, these films aren't being released due to the economic impact of coronavirus and particularly what's happened in China. Yeah. And so yeah, I'm I'm saying yikes too. I'm yeah. saying it's a shame that the music, uh, the 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 film industry has been so destroyed by the coronavirus, by this, and it's just a weird and uncanny way that it has been destroyed. Just, you just wouldn't imagine it. Oh, like what you're talking about, political fucking negotiations, and there's big money. Do you Absolutely. know who's having a wank behind their Zoom camera because of this? Uh, Netflix, Netflix. Yes. Oh fucking oath! Yeah, they all are. They're having a Zoom wank. Yeah, like all, all just <laughs> in like, front let's of just, camera. Like let's, let's set up a time for all of us to and wank. And then they the get in time. trouble for talking shop <laughs> in the recess. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to be masturbating. <laughs> Disney is over. Everything is over. We are. We own everything. Oh, now. and <laughs> we're back. You have listened to the five eight take. Let them know, my brother, where Woo! they can find you, and everything will be in the description as well. Uh, yeah. So um, keep in touch uh, through my Instagram at between world two at between two worlds one um, to keep in uh, keep on track of the sulfuric secrets. You can also check out the sulfuric secrets YouTube channel. So release the podcast on Mondays on Anchor and the video accompanying video on Wednesdays uh, and you can get in touch with my just personal Instagram at Bo McGuire and uh, yeah updates to follow for the film we made click.bait yes. and um, information for the candidacy is upcoming in the next couple of weeks or months awesome it's been a pleasure having you mate and especially Woo. for this episode my brother Thank you for coming through. Thank you. It's it been was a positively ghoulish. Yes. Love you, bro. Naughty. And we're out. Peace. The 5-8 take. Ciao.